1: Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 a.m. Get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago, and co host Mark Teresi, who is working on our 175th anniversary from the Cathedral and the Legacy Program. November
2: 2024. We celebrate. A year from now. Our faith community. November 2025, we celebrate the 150th of the actual cathedral. Exactly for both, but
1: also, folks, uh, we are not live. We are taping this on Monday, November 6th. For playback today, Thursday, November 9th, we can talk about the Bears losing, and (laughs) again, again. twice. (laughs) So I think, and also, folks, they do play Carolina tonight. So. Hopefully, they can win a game. It's very winnable in Chicago at Soldier Field. So now you have something up, up and coming you want to talk about for a second? Yes.
2: Uh, our grandson, James Mark's birthday, third birthday, is this week. November so so, what? November 8th. Wow. And, uh, Three we'll, years we'll old. We'll celebrate on the weekend. Yeah, And then our guest, Linda, you don't know this, but... Uh, our, we have two other birthdays my son marty and his wife shannon in november father greg said their wedding mass nine years ago and they have f- no 10 years ago and they have five girls yeah wasn't it a uh, summer wedding yeah june
1: yeah was there 10 years last june well, Lydia's going to be nine. Yeah. So it's 10 years. Sure. Uh, yeah. A decade. and uh, But it was a great story in terms of uh, when I asked you to be the choir director for the Contemporary Choir at St. Mary of the Woods, because my sister Maria had founded it mm-hmm. and was leaving to move on. And I begged Mark to take it, and Mark said, no. <laughs> and so I was so darn persistent Mark, please. Do it for one year. That's always my way of getting somebody in. Just do it for one year. (laughs) Mark finally said, okay, ended up for seven Seven years. years. However, that you handling the choir, tell the rest of the story about your
2: son and Shannon. So Marty wanted to be in the choir. And I said, no. I said, I don't want the director's son to be coming and going. And and he said, no, 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 Dad. I'll make the commitment. I'll make the commitment. So... He comes the first rehearsal, and the next rehearsal, there's this cute high school girl in the soprano section while Shannon was taking some time off. And one of the – or two of the girls in the choir called and said, I think your prom date just joined the choir. (laughs) Fast forward, they got married. Uh, from the choir, oh, from the okay. choir. So they met in church. Yeah. And, and also, it goes story. back
1: to, uh, you know, when someone <laughs> could say, Oh, what a coincidence how Marty and Shannon met through the choir. And only because I was persistent in saying, Mark, please take it. You've got the great voice. You've got the skills. The people in the choir will love you. And so, someone can say, Oh, what a coincidence how Marty and Shannon met. And I've said this so many times a coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that line. So oh, what a coincidence how they met or how this happened. A coincidence, it's God's way of remaining anonymous. What does that mean? God's weaving through our lives in very very mysterious ways if we are listening and and open to it. Now, sometimes we don't understand something until years later and we look back upon our life. Mm -hmm. Then it begins making sense, but at the moment we just don't. But somehow, I love that story when you share. We've got a great program mm-hmm. lined up. Again, we are not live. So again, you can also get us on YouTube.com slash Chicago. Linda Nardone, author of the book, My Journey to Steadfast Faith, is in the studio today to talk about her latest project, a booklet entitled, We Are the Sheep. So My Journey to Steadfast Faith was book number one, and now this booklet number two, We Are the Sheep. Linda feels the message is a very timely one. God calls each one of us by name which is so true. We are truly his sheep. Our world needs to feel his love. So Linda a very active parishioner at the Holy Name Cathedral and a good friend. Linda welcome to the program today.
3: Thank you, Father.
1: Good to have you here.
3: Yeah, thank you. And
1: good. you were here on a couple of years ago during COVID we were only doing live stream but now we're getting guests back again in studio. And uh, how quickly, was that about a year and a half ago?
3: It was the, uh, March of, tw- of 2022.
1: Okay, so... So a
3: year and a half, plus, well, you know, year a year and a half, half plus. plus. Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe for a moment, Linda, first of all, give us your background. You were born and raised where?
3: In a very little town in Connecticut, Banksville. It oh. actu- was actually the border of New York and Connecticut, oh. but East Coast girl.
1: And you've been in Chicago for how many years?
3: 16 years now.
1: So what brought you to Chicago?
3: Um, well, at the time, I, I was a, a widow and, um, you know, living alone. And I decided to—I had one child here. And um, I decided to, you know, just make the move, be near my daughter. And uh, it was now a big living, move.
1: Were you living out east at that time?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, I just decided to— have a new chapter in my life beautiful and chicago called me now i'm was so that, glad it was did. that
1: scary to move and leave roots out east
3: no hmm. it really wasn't um i think i was just um i was ready for a new adventure i that chapter had closed and so after 60 years i picked up roots you know, I had been there my whole life. Entire life, so people would say, oh, my gosh, it does sound scary, but I didn't feel that way, Father. I just felt like, you know, it's an, a new start, new, let's just see what happens, and um, came here. You know, I, of course, I have still a family and friends back there with, that I miss. I see when I can, but um, this city beckoned me. The so- cathedral beckoned me.
2: Tell, tell us a little bit about that the the faith community, Holy Name. How did you connect with that?
3: Oh, they were wonderful, Father. Right away. I mean, first of all, as a single person in a new city, and I didn't know anyone except my daughter, and my daughter was a newly married woman, so I didn't want to be you mm-hmm. know involved. I didn't want to interfere with her life. So I knew I needed to make friends, and the cathedral seemed to be. Uh, full of single ladies at the time, you know, 16 years ago. And we just connected. I think the first thing was, um, you know, a small group. Uh, I met a very, a very dear friend who remains friends today. Um, and that just kind of got me started in this new city. Um, what we have is f- such, a f- such a tapestry of faith.
4: mm mm-hmm.
3: And then you, you notice how you you know you're you're similar in so many areas, but the thing that tethers us is our faith, yeah. And our faith just makes everything you know very easy. You
1: know, what I find it interesting is that what <laughs> Linda's saying is, uh, when I came to Cathedral seven and a half years ago, I knew from being a priest in Chicago since 1979, the Cathedral was home to thousands and thousands of visitors each year. I knew it was home in terms of the. Um, a seat of the archdiocese for all the big events. What I did not know until I arrived, and I came to soon realize this, Holy Name Cathedral is a profoundly active, vibrant Mm -hmm. faith community. I thought it was more of a destination parish with some people involved. Absolutely not. The number of people who say, Mm -hmm. this is my parish, this is my cathedral, and I'm active, hundreds of people who are involved by way of time, talent, and treasure, in ministries and in, in stuff that we do it's amazing so when you came here linda you came to realize quickly sure we have thousands of visitors and had more even pre-covid than even now but it's was getting larger and larger again but the number of people who week in and week out this is their parish this is their faith community that's what surprised me i'm sure with you too mark
2: Yeah, and I think for the 175th, as we're looking at planning, one of the things we want to underscore, and it comes with all the groups we're talking about, a little bit – here, here, 175 years of this kind of a faith community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We met the special needs of the community for 175 years, and we're going to continue to do uh, – under Greg's leadership and under the leadership of – Tons and tons of lay people that take ownership. We have a tremendous staff and a
1: very active laity group who welcome visitors, and it really impresses me week in and week out the number of visitors who come up after mass and say, "Beautiful liturgy," and the number of people who say, "This feels like such a warm, welcoming parish." Now, that really touches my heart because mm-hmm. oh, sure they does. walk in for the very first time and they are overwhelmed by the beauty of the cathedral, yes. but at the same time saying it's – I always tell people – again, I've said this a thousand times. I say to people, you are the church, and together we are the body of
2: Christ. Yeah. Now, Linda, your first book, so My Journey to Steadfast Faith, how did the cathedral fit into that journey?
3: Um. I, the cathedral just nourished my faith. Hmm. It just, you know, you, you look back, hind, hindsight, you know, was 2020. 20. Mm-hmm. You realize all that you've gone through and you realize that uh, you, you didn't do this alone. Right, yeah. Right.
4: God was with That's you, a God key was point. walking mm-hmm. with us. Yeah.
3: And the cathedral uh, just uh, was that, that bridge hmm. for me. To, um, you know, to really, really recognize uh, the strength of 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 loving Jesus, being being committed to him, being welcomed in this parish, the the, the music, the priests, the sermons, it was all very nourishing and very comforting.
2: Greg's sermon, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, even including mine. Okay, I'm thanks, get Linda. I all the jokes, Father. Oh, yeah. thank Linda, for including
1: me. Yeah. yeah one of the guys. <laughs> There's a great line from a Lennon song: "Life is what happened while I was making other plans." I love that line. Life is what happened while I was making other plans. We think we're in control, but the ways of life, the ups and downs, the surprises, the the, the joys, the tragedies, all are part of life. But somehow, God is steady and steadfast. And so, but here's the thing, Linda: not only has a faith community. Nourished you, you have also yes. been a nourishment for the faith community, mm-hmm. because that's a two-way street. It's not so much what we have done for you, because we're all in this together, but also what you bring to the table by way of your faith, by way of your joy. It's so it's a two-way street, and so we 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 build and we play off one another in terms of being there for each other. That's mm-hmm. the key: to be there for each other in good times and in hard times. Mm-hmm. And
2: God is steadfast and with us. Mm-hmm. Now, Definitely. was writing always a part of what you liked doing, or how did the book and this um, "We Are the Sheep"? How did how does that connect with it's, writing for you?
3: Yeah, it, it, I was that. I, to answer your question, no, I was not a particular writer. You mm-hmm. know, I was just busy with my life. But um, the instances that – well, my first book was, was, um, came about because I was you – know, I had a lot of downtime, alone time, mm-hmm. and morning time after losing a husband. Um, and that is something that gives you um, – that quietness promotes reflection. Mm-hmm. And I did not – I just kind of – it just kind of took me over and it was a great vehicle to get my words on paper and also at that the particular first book is a memoir for i wanted to have it for my kids mostly because mm-hmm. i was their only surviving <laughs> you know a person mm-hmm. um in the family and i wanted to pass along a family history if you will too mm-hmm. plus how god kept me going through it all
1: now your husband died in what year
3: well, I have two husbands, two husbands that died. One died in 1980. Wow. And one died in 1999. Wow. So at, after the 99 death of my second husband, that's when I started writing.
1: But then the thing is, your book number one was published during COVID?
3: It was, yes, it was um, 2020. I think it was
1: 2020, 2020 maybe 21. one. And COVID hit in March of twenty.
2: Before we continue, Mark, take us to break. Okay. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. Uh, you can go to youtube.com and see us, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we come back with Linda Nardone, I'm gonna ask you how do your children how did your children react to your story, to your journey book? It'd be very interesting because From their perspective. Yeah, from their perspective. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
0: Mother Cabrini, a missionary woman religious, helped shape America's social and healthcare system in the early 20th century, hugely impacting the city of Chicago. If you or your family are from Chicago, this is part of your history. Join other young adults for networking and learning together about this remarkable saint. Come together to pray and discern how sacred art and architecture bring us closer to our Lord. On Saturday, November 11, Attend a Mass at 11 a.m., followed by a guided tour at the Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. It's located at 2520 North Lakeview Avenue here in Chicago. For more information, contact the Illinois Chapter of the Patrons of the Arts in the Vatican Museums at 312-534-5351.
4: I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades.
3: We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding
0: grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash find a
5: school. It will be a special night to remember on Friday, December 1st at Catholic Charities 2023 Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Gather your families, friends, and work colleagues for an extraordinary black-tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 1st. To purchase tickets and learn about sponsorships for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-948. Six eight six four. That's three one two nine four eight sixty eight sixty four.
2: WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Chicago with Linda Nardone. Um, before the break, I said a question I was curious about was your you three children, um, I'm sure they read your book. Yes. Uh, what was their reaction to your, your, your story? Yeah, your story.
3: Well, I, 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 you know, I filled in a, a lot of blanks for them. You know, mm-hmm. the first part of the book happened before, you know, actually almost before all three were born. You know, oh, mm-hmm. in that in that sense, uh, to you know, and they so they were proud of their mom. Number oh, one, nice. um, you know, I've been a single mom really most of the time raising them, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it wasn't easy, but um, but. You know, they're, so they're proud. They're happy about it. Um, I think also it's going to be important when their children, as their children get older, it's, it's kind legacy. of like reading a history book. You yeah. know, what's well, your legacy? Well, yes, and um, it, I just want them to know things that they wouldn't know if I hadn't put it on paper.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, what I think very interesting is that um, my father died back in February of 2004, so going on 20 years ago, at the oh. age of 80, and Mom died in january of 2020 two months before COVID hit Mm -hmm. at the age of 97 Mm -hmm. and as much as i remember talking to my mother about her past and less with my father because my dad didn't talk much about his past and he just was very private that way that in hindsight i wish i had on paper about my mother or father either uh, interviewing them or having them write it down because It is now lost. And things my mother would have said to me a thousand times from the old Polish neighborhood, Milwaukee Division, I heard it and heard it, but to have it in writing, it's permanent. Mm.
2: And and can I share this brief story? (coughs) When I was at uh, Mundelein, we had a special event. Donor called me and I wanted to give a gift and said, Tracy, Tracy, now, uh, what was your grandpa's name? I said, Joseph. What was your dad's name? I said, Vito. She said, Your grandpa and my father were dear, dear friends from wow. the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I remember your father coming to our house. He was three years old. Oh wow and we would play music and he would dance and he was such a happy little guy. And I just to hear that story that Wow. And, oh
3: that's and touching. Thought,
2: yeah, and then yeah. I thought why am I happy most of the time and why is music I mean it it was part of him. And yeah. just to hear somebody who knew your parents that way. And also, yes. this is
1: interesting, I remember when I was younger, in fact, my dad was a broadcaster on WGN radio for many years. When I was a younger priest, a day wouldn't go by, a week wouldn't go by, and in which someone would say, isn't your father Sig Sackowitz with WGN radio when he was doing radio and TV in Vegas? But isn't it funny, as the years go by, and I'm now 70, and my dad's been gone 20 years, Maybe once a month, someone will say, I remember your father. Mm -hmm. And very few people remember talking to my father because my dad would have been 100 now. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're all
1: gone. And -hmm. the same thing with my mother. When Mm -hmm. I I find someone who says, you know, I went to high school with your mother or I knew your mother from the neighborhood. When you're younger, it's more common. Mm -hmm. And now they're all gone. Mm -hmm. Every one of them is gone. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did this happen? Because I'm no longer 20, where my mother was at that time 50. I'm now 70. She would have been 100. They're all gone. Yeah. That generation is home with God. And so I think what you put in writing with your first book is a way for the children to remember the legacy. And, and that's, that's, so, that's, that's very interesting.
3: And also to carry on.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. to carry on. To
3: carry on that foundation that has been laid for us. Exactly. It's gives us impetus to kind of, you know, we've got to keep this going. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: That's I love that story about, uh, about that woman with your dad, three years old, dancing and happy. And by sharing it, it brought such a smile to your oh. face and a joy. But to have someone remember your father as a little three-year-old boy. Yeah. Way before you were around it.
2: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so you did the mm-hmm. journey book and then you moved... That we can hold it up. We are the sheep. We are the sheep. What prompted the next chapter of writing for you?
3: (laughs) Well, let me tell you. um, I well, it was it was other. It was more isolation time. Mm -hmm. The pandemic happened, Mm -hmm. and the pandemic just stopped us in our tracks.
2: It sure did. Yeah, all of us. It
3: was global. It was very hard for everyone on so many different levels. And um, I think I was probably affected maybe a lot less than certainly families Mm -hmm. than working people, because being a retired person, I didn't have to deal with the issue of work. And not going there, or how do I get my work done? I wasn't I wasn't a parent any longer with little children right. getting to school and, and then just dealing with them, missing that daily routine that, that's so uh, nourishing for them, mm-hmm. so vital for their growth. So there was all of that. And and so anyway, I, I'm I'm sitting there as a retired person, but I was very affected too because I was so alone mm-hmm. because of the the lockdown that was placed on us in the city and um uh, you know there was nowhere to go (laughs) including including church including church well that was one of my greatest sense of losses father because that's my community that's kind of like my job that's my go-to spot Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. the day and i you know because you were at
1: that point in our daily communicant yeah and here you were at home
3: i yes we all were and it was it was very it was really hard so that was the impetus to start writing and what my my vehicle to do that was the televised masses on tv
2: oh that
3: was my absolute salvation wow I don't think, really. I don't think I, I, don't know how I would have got through the whole day because the day's kind of long. When you do, you know we get up in the morning, and then to nighttime, I mean, you can't go anywhere. You can't yeah. do food shopping. You can't do any of the things that you're so used to doing, and, and even just going out for a walk, right. meeting friends, um, hugging each other. All of that was gone. And so I said, "Oh, Linda, these are kind of long days here now. Now, what are we going to do to get I through these days?"
1: There's a there's a couple in the cathedral. <laughs> Who did not leave their apartment for two years? Wow. They, uh. they, all they would do in their building would go downstairs to get the mail and go back up. Food was delivered into their home mm-hmm. and they did not leave for two years. I said, wow. that's impossible. And they're wonderful people and very active in the cathedral. Mm-hmm that would have driven me nuts. Even you talk about, we all have our stories from COVID Mm -hmm. and back when all closed down, I think it was March 15th, 2020. And we reopened the doors again on June 15th, 2020. But I'll never forget when the low points in my life was during Holy Week, during the Triduum, Easter Vigil, Easter Sunday morning, which normally would be 10,000 people at all the liturgies for Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday morning. Yeah. I remember it was Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, at 10 o'clock, which should have been well over a thousand people in Mass at the time, I'm sitting in the cathedral alone, mm-hmm. all the lights are off, praying by myself and saying, this isn't happening. Yeah. And as much as I'm always a very up person and a live person and upbeat, it was almost like a sense of depression that i Easter morning that we are closed. We are closed. The doors are locked, and we all have COVID stories like that. So I know that the second book for you is really comes out of the whole COVID experience, where you talk about in the book how the televised mass was a lifeline for you to be connected to the community via TV from the cathedral with the cardinal or whatever mass you might have been watching mm-hmm. different stations. Mm-hmm. It was a lifeline for, you know, during the peak of COVID on Channel 7 ABC, the mass with Cardinal Supich at 930 on Sunday was averaging 350,000 people every Sunday morning. Even today, we're out of COVID, is averaging close to 200,000 people per Sunday, many who are still unable to come homebound or still autoimmune compromised and others who know they should get back and the cardinal's always saying for those that can get back please get back for those that aren't able to that's what we hear for you on television Mm -hmm. and it's a
2: parish without walls exactly yes now how did you translate that because it's you know like when my (laughs) wife and i um during COVID were watching. Our daughter sometimes from Ms. was home because they had like COVID outbreaks and mm-hmm. we brought her home. So we're in the TV room. She's there. And our dog, Addie, was there. And so the sign of peace, you know, we all, I mean, we all held hands for the Our Father and she held Addie's paws. So <laughs> we said, Addie turned Catholic during that time. <laughs> but, but, how, but how did that, how did that media mass it impact you though. I mean, it's a step away from all inspiration. From being in, yeah.
3: All inspiration. Plus, I tell you, um, the solitude made the words seem louder
4: uh-huh. to me.
3: With the sermons, mm-hmm. I was, there were no distractions, um, and you could really zero in on these words that the priests were saying during their sermons, and I just, I, I so that's why I started to write them down. We, it was it was an exercise to do, you know. It took up it took up time, but I said to myself, I don't want to forget these words. They're so powerful. And the fact that, you know, we everybody is so busy in life and we miss so much. So if we if we slow down and really that's when we can really listen, mm-hmm. and the words can have some meaning for us. We can really dwell with them, and I use the word chew on these words, and that's why I didn't want to forget them, so I started writing them down. Eugene. And I did it for 14 months.
1: Well, we're we'll going to continue with that. Mark, take us a break. That's great.
2: And I'm curious about the title, too, that We Are the Sheep. It's something that you heard inspire you to that. We'll be back. WNDZ 750M Catholic Chicago. You go to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Linda Nardone, and we'll talk um, about We Are the Sheep, a reflection, really, that came f- from COVID and inspira- inspired you to really— this is the next chapter for y- your kids, too, in terms of your legacy. Yes. Yeah. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
1: Catholic Charities Family Self Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with its decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities' Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net.
0: I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what
5: draws me always to the priesthood is continuing to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people.
0: You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too and it it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959.
3: The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit CatholicCemeteryChicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.
0: You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
2: We're back. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. You go to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz with here with Mark me, Mark Sherisi, <laughs> and our guest. That was very smooth. Uh, and, uh, very not smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Nardone. Well before the break. Um, I want to jump into the pamphlet that you wrote, We Are the Sheep. Where did that title come from? how were you inspired with that title? And then we'll talk more about the content.
3: Okay. Um, the title I, I kind of struggled it, it, with, and I tell you why. I was going to just call this Pandemic Ponderings because this is really what it was. It was right. inspiration that I took through my taking uh, – th- getting this information from listening to the gospel, being recited and read and, and, and then uh, spoken about by priests all around the globe, by the way. Mm-hmm. I just – you know, I seemed to have...
1: – You did this daily for 14 months. I did. Yeah.
3: And it was a great gift for my faith, for my spirituality, for my, my isolation time. So, um, and then I thought to myself, well, hmm, I don't know whether people are going to be interested in digging, you know, hashing that all up again. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a, a hard time. It was a time of crisis yep. and turmoil and chaos and suffering. Why would people be any, why would they want to even turn the page? So I gave that a little more thought, and then I just thought about how, you know, my, my inspiration was all about God mm-hmm. and, and how he, you know, he heals, he helps, he comforts, he, he's merciful, he's compassionate, he's all of those things. So then I said to myself, well, we really are the sheep. Yeah. We, the people, are the sheep
2: we are his we are Mm -hmm.
3: his and we are the sheep and he loves us and he calls us by name and he and if we if we um if we accept that invitation and also that inclination to realize that we are his sheep Mm -hmm. then we can really have a relationship with him and so that's that's why i that's how the title came about we are the sheep. The thing and then of course this picture I took out in California. It's beautiful. I found this this well, I mean it looks you know like a cu- countryside maybe in Ireland or something. Mm-hmm. We were going up the coast to California. I was with my daughter, and uh, we saw this field of sheep and I said to myself, oh my gosh, well, then I started to dig into my pictures. <laughs> and I had the sheep and I said, oh well, this goes with the title and now I have a cover and that's it's how a beautiful picture. One Record thing picture. leads to another.
1: It's very interesting with our Lord that he spoke the image of sheep a lot. And if I'm not mistaken, for a sheep herder, if the sheep herder speaks, they get attuned to his voice. If a non-shepherd, the non-leader, says the very same thing, mm-hmm. the sheep will not follow. Wow. And so they follow the voice that they're used to, that's what the Lord is saying, "You know, I am the good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Others will come in my name to say false things. Don't follow them. Mm-hmm. And so one thing about sheep is they get used to the voice of the shepherd and follow and they trust mm-hmm. and they trust. And I just I just love that image. And so the Lord talks frequently, even love, you know, I am the good Shepherd, and you, you know you are we are His flock. And I just love that. but see, remember in our Lord's day, The shepherd was a very common image. Now, coming from Chicago, we don't find many sheep herders in Chicago. They are worldwide, but not in this area. So you have to kind of put yourself into that situation because we're not in that particular community. But we get the image.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The minute you read We Are the Sheep, you get it you get what this is going to be about. Exactly. You know, yeah. Well, I'm glad, Mark.
3: Yeah. I'm glad because that's what I was hoping would be the case. And also, just uh, some of the sermons, just to quote some of the sermons that I listened to, apparently during right mid-2020, uh, um, they talked about Pope John Paul II. mm mm-hmm. And he was one of the greatest of our popes. I, did, I had to do a little research on him. But he was, and he was a great unifier. Mm-hmm. And people loved him. And I believe he started the World Youth he Day. Did. He did. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that, well, that's amazing because that's a vision because our youth are the future.
2: Exactly.
3: And they're kind of like lost sheep. Without a shepherd,
1: and he led for twenty five ha- years. Be, yeah. They
3: have to be. They have to be. They have to know that they're loved. They have to know that they uh, can turn to someone who will be there for them through the thick and thin.
2: And there are young church. They're not. I was. Um, I'm not arguing with you, but when I hear people say they're the future, they're not. There are young church. Or Mark, another,
1: another way of doing it is that um, many years ago, Cardinal Cody, who was leading Chicago, was giving to a talk giving a talk to young people high school college age and he said in his talk to the young people you are the future of the church a young man actually interrupted him and said you know cardinal cody i beg to differ we're not the future of the church we have a role to play today right Mm -hmm. and stopped cardinal cody's tracks and said young man i stand corrected you're right. You are the future, but you have a big role to play precisely
2: today as young people. Yes. And they can, they can teach us. It reminded me, when I was at St. Paul the Cross, one of our teens, 16 years old, passed away. He had cancer. Mm-hmm. The parents had called me. We had all the kids in the living room to plan the liturgy, and they wanted the rose for meditation. I went to Father Gene Durkin, who was sure. that holy name. He was at Paul the Cross. I said, Gene, I'm not sure— You know, if the song is okay to do. He said, Mark, if the family wants it, we'll do it. Well, so meditation after communion, I start singing the rose. And his friends come in with yellow roses to hand to everybody in church Mm -hmm. during that song. I never forgot that moment. They got it. They knew what liturgy was. They knew what prayer was. They knew what consoling his family was about, and they did it their way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, boy, what a privilege to just be in that moment. You know. Where they got it. You
1: yeah. As you look and at that's
3: it, Bette Midler's song, by the way, correct? Yeah, that right. yes, so that's Lidler. I Want That at My Funeral. Uh, <laughs> just the FYI. <laughs> the Rose. It's <20, laughs> yeah, one of the songs I want. 20 watch. years
1: from now. 20 well, years from now. Want,
3: whenever my number, my, whenever my want, hour, I don't know the day or the hour, but I do you want like Greg The s- Rose. Do you
2: want Greg to sing
1: it? <laughs> Clear I the not. church. That would that'd be a moment nobody, nobody would ever funny. forget. Me to sing the rose—that's for darn sure. <laughs> As you look at the book you wrote here, yes. Linda, and that is what stands out for you. There's so many good quotes mm-hmm. in here, but give us a few. Give us something that really um, hits home to you.
3: Well, I tell you, Father, I'm, i am I, you know, I—I I, I mean, i am a big fan of Bishop Barron. Mm-hmm. I just have to go. He's outstanding. There. <laughs> I mean, I really and so he, of course he had daily masses too going on mm-hmm. then, and uh, so I really always listened, never missed those, and um, so I actually I, I I I love how he 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 spoke. Um, uh, he he actually was was in uh, one of the one of his sermons was about um, you know connecting with little ones and kids, and he apparently he had gathered some kids to ask him some questions, and the kids well, well they're going to have fantastic. Mm-hmm. questions. Questions. So uh, one of the questions was, you know, how do we know that God is always with us? How mm-hmm. does God answer so many prayers when everybody's talking at once?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, Bishop Barron, he, said, he goes on to say that, well, God is like a big GPS system. Mm-hmm. And everyone can relate to that because mm-hmm. we can't go anywhere without that in our yeah. car, our map to guide us. And he sees everybody, and he wants everybody to feel happy and loved. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what a way to focus in on, you know, such a powerful thought mm-hmm. of God always being with us. Oh, yeah. Um, so That's that, a great
1: image. That That's was, a great image.
3: I, I liked that, too. Yeah. Um, and um, –
1: Give us another quote that you really like, and then we'll go to break.
3: Okay. Well, I also, um, there's another, um, uh, there was another quote. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about how faith is so tenacious and how you, 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 it really it gives us a real opportunity to hang on to these words mm-hmm. in times of trial and times of joy. The words are so powerful, and um, so I speak about tenacious faith and how we can get it. And mm. of course, you have to go to mass to get it. You have to read scripture to get it. You have to have you have to have you have to be thirsty to get it, so that you can be uh, nourished with it. You know, pr- open the door for it, mm-hmm. and it beca- then it can become tenacious.
1: You know, along I those lines, Linda, I thought of this and that is. To do something well takes practice. Mm -hmm. So someone who's a great football player practices hard to play an instrument, to sing, to be a chef, to be in the area of computers, whatever it is. Nothing comes without hard work and the same with our faith. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen to us. Now, faith is a gift from God, but somehow we have our part to play, but then get nourished through God's word, through sacraments, through each other. But we have to practice. So, you know, when you talk about being practicing Catholics, mm-hmm. in many ways we are all practicing
2: to get it right. Mm-hmm. So we're practicing. Mark, take us a break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. You, you can go to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. With Lyndon Nardone, we're talking about we are the sheep. He calls his sheep by name, and he leads them out. That's from John chapter 10 verse 3 we'll be back in a few minutes um and maybe talk i'd like to talk a little bit about maybe the little miracles in our life that you spot maybe father greg spots that that defines for us that journey of faith Mm -hmm. we'll be back in a few minutes please stay Mm -hmm. tuned
0: Mother Cabrini, a missionary woman religious, helped shape America's social and healthcare system in the early 20th century, hugely impacting the city of Chicago. If you or your family are from Chicago, this is part of your history. Join other young adults for networking and learning together about this remarkable saint. Come together to pray and discern how sacred art and architecture bring us closer to our Lord. On Saturday, November 11, attend a Mass at 11 a.m., followed by a guided tour at the Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. It's located at 2520 North Lakeview Avenue here in Chicago. For more information, contact the Illinois Chapter of the Patrons of the Arts in the Vatican Museums at 312-534-5351.
3: Say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding
0: lives. Shape the next generation of leaders, teach, Apply today at artchicago.org schooljobs.
5: It will be a special night to remember on Friday, December 1st at Catholic Charities 2023 Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Gather your families, friends, and work colleagues for an extraordinary black-tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 1st. To purchase tickets and learn about sponsorships for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-948. Six eight six four. That's three one two nine four eight sixty eight sixty four.
2: WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Treacy here with Linda Nardone. And before the break, we're talking about We Are the Sheep, the new writing um, that Linda has created. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Uh, before the break, I was just going to ask both Linda, you and Father Greg, you know, little miracles in life. Um, have you thought? is there a moment in life like I had talked about the kids with that rose and how it impacted me? Any little miracles in your life that you want to share that would say, you know, that's part of the journey, that's part of the journey? Go ahead, Linda.
1: Can hit you?
3: Um, let's see. Um, well, beside, you know, you know, almost daily you look around, everything mm-hmm. you look at can be, in a sense, a tiny miracle, called mm-hmm. the Minor Miracles, um, you just have to be open to these gifts that kind of come before us sometimes. Um, and I, I see this as um, part of uh, just God is there. There are God moments. God is with That's us. That's a good way of putting it. And um, I, I, in, my, in my booklet, I'll just say a little bit about how I feel that um, – um, and, and then the times where we don't, we, can, we question, is God with us? Mm-hmm. Where is God? Mm-hmm. And that also is a lot. I mean, especially today yes. with our world, the, the, the turmoil and everything. So we can't, we wonder if he's really there. But um, we have to trust that God is there. He's right with us. We're touched in, we're touched the most deeply in times of suffering. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit of God is with us. Are there times in your life when you really and truly felt the presence of God? And this is what you're talking mm-hmm, about, Mark, mm-hmm. the miracles, yes. the miracle. There. Those are the moments that we want to hang on to and ponder and reflect on and rejoice in. Because we. Ha- that's confirmation. Oh, my gosh, I've been touched. He is right mm-hmm. here. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, even when I was so isolated, I just... He was, I, the incarnation of God was with me in my house. Mm. For some reason, I just knew that His love was going to get me through that mm-hmm. day, and then there was going to be a tomorrow, and yes, just breathe.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. You yeah, know, talk about the little miracles. I remember years ago, I remember this story, I was on an airplane, and, you know, usually on an airplane, you just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm you know, sleep, read, daydream, whatever. And the guy was sitting next to me, and he got talking. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't feel like talking, you oh. know. I want to be left alone. so coming from Florida, from Atlanta, whatever it was. And he out of nowhere said, I want to share a story with you. I thought, okay. And he said, the story goes like it's like a little, not a limerick, but a little parable, and a story of, a centipede, which, of course, had 100 little legs, little centipede, is happily walking along the grass, minding his own business. And a robin sits down next to the centipede, and the robin asks the centipede, in what order do your feet move? Hmm. From that moment on, the centipede was never happy again. The moral of the story is, don't think, Act very Ah. interesting the the centipede is walking minding his own business the robin sits down next to him and asks in what order do your feet move From that moment on the centipede was never happy again the moral of the story is don't think act I was actually going through a time in my life this is going back 30 35 years ago as a younger priest I was thinking too much Ah. I was thinking too much You know, sometimes we think too much. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: And when he told that story out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. it was like a bomb went off in my head and thought, wow, Mm -hmm. this is a miracle moment where I never met this guy, never saw him again, nor remember his name. And it made me realize, sometimes don't, you know, stop thinking and just act. Mm -hmm. Just do it. But sometimes we get in our own way we think too much yeah mm-hmm. that's a great point point. Mm-hmm. and i even when you ask that question mark i haven't thought of that story in years like mm-hmm. i should use it in a homily one yeah, day it's mm-hmm. great and it never i just i'm just reflecting even i'm talking to you right now is that was a little miracle in my moment i got off the plane saying lord this man sitting next to me this was no coincidence this was a precious god-filled moment mm-hmm. i'll never forget that
2: and don't you think most saints Absorb that line. Yeah. yeah, you know, you look at. I, I keep wondering what Mother Cabrini would do today with the with the amnesty and immigrate. She wouldn't be thinking about it. No, just do it. She would be holding people accountable to open yeah. their homes, open the buildings, open the corporate centers to these folks. And I thought that's a great story. Because because thing, and in, Mother Teresa also. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Mother Teresa. In, in
1: life, don't don't get me wrong, folks. We need to think. Don't, right. don't get me wrong. But I think that little story, is profound, and I used to tell you to my mother, "Mom, you th- you think too much. Stop <laughs> thinking, Mom." <laughs> I mean, she was I mean, always I mean, thinking I mean. things. She would laugh and say, "Yeah, you're right, Greg. I think too much," which is something we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I always remember that overthink story. Overthink it. Yeah, we are right. Overthink yeah. it. Yeah, we we sometimes we overthink no. it.
3: Absolutely. Now
1: before we close, Linda, I know that there's a your last page of the book is profound to you. Share page thirty nine.
3: All right. Well, I think you can tell by my my, my book. Um, it's all about um, it's all about God's love for us and how He God uh, gets us through all the turmoil's, all the crises, and um, you know I uh, sad to say I watched I watched a show on on the the children in Gaza, uh. a documentary. And there, you know, there's just, there's so much sadness. They don't know, there's no future. All they know about is war. And what I say is that we are so blessed to have the Eucharist, to go to Mass, to have the freedom now again to go to Mass, because I was isolated for so long, and I miss the Eucharist so much. So um I went through that whole year without going to church father the whole 14 mm-hmm. months later that was the second easter I missed the first one that you talked about mm-hmm. already this is already the second easter that I'm missing sitting at home alone and I I got up uh, like anyway let me just read on april mm-hmm. on april the 14th that was just 10 days after easter sunday uh,
1: 2021
3: this is 2021 uh, after being away for 14 months to ch- from church, I awoke with such an urge that I just I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to get to Mass. Um, and the hunger for the Holy Eucharist prompted me to run to Mass. I couldn't stay away any longer since at that point in my life, I was living in the loop very near St. Peter's Church here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I walked over, and what you needed to do at that time was you needed to sign yourself the in.
1: Registration. Oh, I remember. You needed example. to wear
3: masks, yes. and you need to—you know, it was still you had to be—I was projected by two masks, and I sat in the mm-hmm. pew, and I just started to cry. This is before Mass even started. And the the, the awesome awe of that sacred place just overwhelmed me with joy. And I just listened. I truly listened with ears that were open to hear. The church felt like a vessel of God's love pouring out to me. And when I approached the priest to receive the Holy Eucharist, I began to cry even harder. The tears were streaming into my masks. They were tears definitely of joy. But it almost felt like my first holy communion, yeah. only better. Mm-hmm. Because now I I'm I was truly fed by our lord we were are truly blessed and there is such power when we say amen after we receive the body of christ we say amen that we believe and this is a moment that i will remember forever
1: i love Beautiful. that amen we need to bring the program to a close uh linda what a powerful way to close yes. like with your first holy communion but even better now if someone would like to get a copy of this latest booklet or pamphlet we are the sheep is it our People able to obtain a copy.
3: Well, right now, Father, I, I, I'm I'm suggesting that people. I do have my. Uh, I can give you my my uh, email address. Please give
1: it. Please give it.
3: Because um, right and now, I, and then I would. I I feel like I want to put it into the hands of people mm-hmm. and see where it will go. So,
1: what's the email address? They can get my you address yet?
3: is um, uh, Free Spirit, all lower case, So, Free Spirit, one five two six at gmail.com. One more time. Free spirit 1526 at gmail.com.
1: I want to thank in a very special way, Linda Nardone, uh, oh. the author of My Journey to Steadfast Faith, book number one, and her second booklet, We Are the Sheep. So, Linda, you've been a profound, wonderful guest. Your joy, your enthusiasm, uh, it just comes right through sure your enthusiasm every thanks. day one thing well, in a very special way co-host mark teresi mark is a joy being with you today oh, it's And an honor to be with you in oh. 50 years we're going back so i go back much. with mark and yes. so and with linda here today thank you very much special thanks to our producer engineers we had today clint Cottrell, and i think we also had michael may who's off to my far left here so To um, Clint and Michael, thank you. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. On this day, Thursday, November 9th, 2023, may the Bears win tonight. Yeah. Amen.